Welcome to the Pop Culture Bicycle Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Pop Culture Bicycle Podcast, Yay. where we ride you on our handlebars to the very best and sometimes the worst. The worst uh, bits of pop culture media. Actually, only the best. Only the best. Only the best? Only the best. Oh, wait, wait. Wait till my last story. That's the worst. Never mind. (laughs) All right. Today we have Mad Max news, some Beetlejuice 2 news, some more Multiverse of Madness news, uh, Clint Eastwood diehard news. What? Yep. Need a... You know, for 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 a second, I thought you were to say Clint Eastwood died. I was yeah. like, "What the fuck?" Finally, I didn't hear about that, but it makes sense. Uh, At least a hundred. We really need to fucking make a sound bite out of Eli's uncut jams. Uncut jams. <laughs> okay, so first up, Chris Hemsworth is slated to play the lead villain in Furiosa, which is the Mad Max spinoff. Ooh, yeah. Uh, this comes from Slash Film. In Blood, Sweat, and Chrome, The Wild and True Story of Mad Max Fury Road, author Kyle Buchanan Buchanan, dug deep into not only the creation of Mad Max Fury Road, but its upcoming prequel film, Furiosa. Oh, it's a prequel. Yeah. So it's a young Furiosa, not Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron. Has this, this is started filming or hasn't started filming yet? Just kind of getting the cast together? Yeah. Yeah, I think they're still... In the casting phase, I'm, pre-production. I'm kind of excited to see how Chris Hemsworth, Hemsworth fifth, fifth looks because he was supposed to be filming that Hulk Hogan. Oh yeah, biopic. I wonder how jacked he is right now. Um, says while Furiosa is still a ways away, with plans to premiere in 2024, at least fans can sink their teeth into all the goodies Buchanan unearthed, including some casting information about the main villain. According to Blood, Sweat, and Chrome, Australian heartthrob and Thor himself, Chris Hemsworth, will be the primary baddie facing off against Anya Taylor-Joy's Furiosa. So she's playing a young Charlize Theron. Um, I'm I'm into it. And Buchanan's book, P.J. Voughton, a producer and first assistant director on Mad Max Fury Road, shared the story of how Hemsworth's casting came to be. George saw Chris Hemsworth initially as a courtesy and then fell in love with the idea. He's going to play totally against the type, the lead baddie. Unfortunately, we've got to find out, or we've got to find all of our other characters that aren't around anymore, a new Immortan, a new Bullet Farmer, and a few others. I'm always interested with people that usually play the hero type or the good guy when they actually get the chance to play a villain, how they do yeah. it. Or go against a, go against a type like fucking uh, Daniel Craig and Knives Out. Yeah, or like Jim Carrey and like the number, what, number 27? 23. 23, yeah. whatever. Or like uh, Robin Williams. And One Hour Photo. One Hour Photo. And then he also did like an episode of Law and Order. where he did he? The bad. Yeah, <laughs> it was amazing. He was so good in it. I, I like how those fucking crime shows are... Like whenever there's a special guest, when it says special guest, Robin Williams, you're like, that's the killer. That's the killer. Yeah. Well, at no point did in that episode did they ever like, oh, maybe it's not him. It was always him from the beginning, <laughs> but he plays a fucking great villain. 
I I don't think I've ever I've ever watched one hour photo. Oh, it's fucked up. Because I was like, that's a terrible title. Uh, my parents got it for me when I was a kid because Robin Williams. They didn't really know what the movie was about. They're like, oh, he's a funny fucking film developer. Yeah, exactly. It's like this is right in a, after in a Kodak kiosk. I forget what year that came out, but it was like, I mean, I watched late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. So I was like, I remember when it came out. I was like ten years old. Yeah. But it's like, hey, we watched Mrs. Doubtfire and. He was the voice of the genie in Aladdin. This can't be a bad movie. <laughs> He's Mork from Mork and Mindy. And then at one point, he forces two people to have sex so he could take pictures. Wow. Yes. <laughs> wow. That's a thing. He also played a serious person in The Angriest Man in Brooklyn. I didn't watch that one. Which is about his son committing suicide. Well, not committing suicide, but uh, accidentally hanging himself that via... Father of the Year? Or something like oh that. yeah, Angriest Man in Brooklyn. I think he fucking uh, found out that he had like twenty four hours to live because he had cancer. Oh really? Yeah. So Father of the Year is that? Yeah, because I started watching Father of the Year. It kind of just starts off right right away. His son commits suicide or autoerotic asphyxiation. Yeah, or he like kills that. himself. Yeah. but I was like, accidentally. Yeah, dang, this is <laughs> heavy already. And he's the teacher or principal, principal or something? something like that. Yeah, at, at the school, and everyone fucking knows how his son died. Pretty rough. Yeah, rough. All right, what do you got? I got Beetlejuice 2 news. Boo. I mean, yay. Oh, come on. Uh, the long in-development Beetlejuice sequel has apparently found new life thanks to an unlikely source. Do you know who that source is? Um, Mark Zuckerberg. Close. Brad Pitt. <laughs> is he playing fucking Beetlejuice? Uh, no. That'd be but according was. to Jeff Snyder of The the Ankler, never heard of this. That was Brad Pitt. He's from the Ankler. Brad Pitt's from the Ankler? Yeah. Pitt's production company, Plan B, has officially boarded Beetlejuice 2 with the goal of getting cameras rolling as soon as this summer. Snyder adds that the original Beetlejuice stars Michael Keaton, who's on a roll of just reprising his own roles lately, <laughs> and Winona Ryder are set to reprise their roles, and Tim Burton is likely to return to, to the director's chair. But for obvious reasons, because he shoots people, Alec Baldwin is not involved. <laughs> is that a direct quote? Uh, if it said for obvious reasons was a direct <laughs> quote, I, I had a little flair, little, mm. um, artistic, whatever, but I, I, that's all I got for this. Cause obviously it hasn't started shooting and there's no other like cast list, but I wonder, if, I wonder what his production company has produced. Yeah. That's a good question. I don't fully know. It's plan B, which all I can think of is a skateboard, skateboard. company. So, <laughs> um, I honestly didn't know he had a production company. So like, did, did you say that Tim Burton's coming back? Uh, yeah, he's likely to return for, to the director's chair. Hmm. Was that time he had a good movie? What's, what's, what's the last movie he even directed? Oh, boy. Uh, he Coraline? directed a movie called... Uh, was, Old, that, was that him? Coraline? Uh, or Alice in Wonderland? Maybe that one? Maybe. I, I, I honestly Sweeney Todd? Tell you. Oh, I guess I'll look. I'll tell Who's... you, folks. <clears throat> Probably Sweeney Todd, honestly. Did he do Alice in Wonderland? I think he did the first one. Um, What's her face from... Yeah, Sweeney Todd, 2007. Oh, uh, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, 2016. That's the last one, I think. Nope, Dumbo, 2019. Oh, yeah. Have you watched that? I haven't. I haven't either. No interest. I've seen the cartoon. Yeah. I guess he's something came out and maybe he was just in it because of Johnny Depp. There's a documentary called Johnny Depp King of Cult. 
King of Cult. Never heard of it. Me either. And yeah, that's it. That's Strange. that's the latest one. Yeah. Uh, I like the first one. I wouldn't say I'm like a huge fan of it, but yeah, it, it, is. it was a good movie. I mean, I I liked it as a kid, and I watched the the cartoon. The oh yeah, short lived cartoon. Yeah. Okay, so on that note, Plan B has produced World War Z, Ugh. Twelve Years a Slave, mm-hmm. uh, Minari. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Moonlight from 2016. Okay. The Big Short from 2015. Okay. Ed Astra from 2019. The Departed in 2006. I mean, The Departed's a great movie. There's there's more, but. I saw something about The Departed, like Mark Wahlberg wanted Brad Pitt maybe for The Departed 2 and someone else. Maybe fucking. Everybody wants Brad Pitt. That's how you get your movies this million Trillion dollars. So you get your whatever that Troy. That's the movie. Apparently, they produced Charlie and the Chocolate Factory in two thousand five. Gross. So, so Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was Tim Burton too, right? Yeah. So they worked together before. Hey, (laughs) we're detectives. (laughs) Yeah, there's a bunch of them I just never heard of. Just trying to find the good ones, and that's about it. There's. They produced something called Tripping with Nils Fromm. I feel like I've heard of that, but I probably haven't heard of yeah. that. <laughs> uh, uh, that's all I got on that. All right. So I have next up on the agenda, because we're pushing an agenda here. Clint Eastwood passed on starring in Die Hard because he didn't get the humor in the script. That's why <laughs> he didn't get the humor, not because he's 130 years old. Well, this is back in the oh, 80s the Die Hard. when he was 120 oh, years old. I thought he was talking about the new Die Hard movie. No. Uh, this also comes via Slash Film. Slash Film's Jack Giro recently spoke with screenwriter Jeb Stewart for an upcoming project with a common conversation momentarily turning into his work on Die Hard. Though the fact that Clint Eastwood was once among many names considered to originally play John McClane is well known among fans, Stewart really digs into why Eastwood passed on the role, and it's got more to do with comedic mistranslations than one might expect. Uh, Ironically, his response to the producers was, I don't get the humor. They went to Clint Eastwood first. Ironically, his response the producers was I didn't get the humor, which for me was a shock because if you listen to a lot of the a lot of those words, Eastwood's one of the few people who could have delivered a line like "Come to LA, have a great time," all that kind of stuff. You could see him doing that. He was my inspiration. Uh, I, the only the only good thing that would come out of this is seeing Clint Eastwood practice his lines talking to an empty chair. Yeah, like that old Super Bowl commercial. Did you ever see that? Uh, I probably did. I think he was talking to like, it's supposed to be like Obama was in the chair, but it was just an empty chair and he was giving like a monologue to it. It was super weird. (laughs) Amazing. I, I, I don't know. I think Bruce Willis did a fine job with Die Hard. Yeah. I I don't, I can't see anybody else doing Die Hard. Of course he didn't get the humor because he's humorless. Yeah. Um, and he's old. And he's old. He was still old back then. He's always been old. He's never not been old (laughs) since. Yeah. Since 1973. 
eight. He's been old. No. Now we just got to stick his son, Scott Eastwood, and everything. Uh, I recently heard that they're trying to do not a remake for the Steve McQueen movie, Bullet. Ah, I was actually... I think I heard that on Caravan of Garbage. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's where I, that's where I heard <laughs> it. And they were talking about how, um, like, like Steve McQueen was like the king of cool. Yeah, which he fucking was. Well, he was. I mean, we we also share the same birthday, so and it makes sense. We're both kings of of coolness, and we share the same last name. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Just let that marinate. Um, yeah. And they didn't list off Henry Cavill, which he's a pretty cool motherfucker. Yeah. But I, he's also enormous. and That's true. But, I mean, if you're going on coolness factor, Henry Cavill's the coolest guy yeah. ever. Uh, I could also see, like, Scott Eastwood in the role. Yeah, that that probably makes more sense. Um, For some reason, seeing him in that role makes sense. Yeah, he could, but also drive a car. The Rock, because he just continues to make movies. Yeah, I'm surprised he wasn't like, I, I'm, I'm the guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm he, Bullet. He probably got offered it, but he's like, man, I'm already Black Adam, and now I got to freaking fight another large monkey and destroy a city. I don't know if I can fit this into my schedule. And I own the XFL. I own the XFL and drive my tequila. <laughs> Did you see my tequila five million times in Red Notice? Just wait till Red Notice too. Red, notice her. <laughs> red further notice. Red Notice two even redder. Yeah, that's, uh, that's all I got. That's all you got. All right. Uh, well, for my next, here we go. Piece of just groundbreaking journalism. Sir Pat, as I like to call him, Patrick Stewart. Because you guys are close. Is a fucking liar. Because he's your dad. Yes. <laughs> you don't call him dad, you call him Sir, <laughs> Sir Pat. Pat. Sir Pat has finally confirmed his semi-obvious, according to this, the most obvious obvious, uh, that he is in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness <gasps> trailer that premiered during the Super Bowl. Speaking, Surprise Pikachu meme. Yeah. Speaking to YouTube channel Jake's Takes, which <gasps> I think that's your other that's, channel. That's my secret channel. So don't go subscribe to that, but subscribe to the Pop Culture Bites. Surprise, you thought I had an actual job <laughs> that I went to every day? Nope, I run a YouTube channel. Uh, Stuart confirmed it was indeed his voice that Doctor Strange uh, hears upon being escorted into an ominous-looking hall. Allegedly. Which we all knew this, but hey. Uh, hey. He goes on to say, I actually didn't recognize my own voice. It sounded different. Whether I had a cold or something at the time, I don't know. But I was astonished. Uh, yeah, They all saw the back of my shoulder and I think my earlobe, nothing else. <laughs> uh, there, would have been min- oh, there would have been so many connections made, it pleased me. That's his words. Which, there's... Sound just like him. It ple- I, how do you do a Sir Patrick Stewart, Sir Pat voice? Hey, it pleased me. <laughs> Uh, this all comes a mere week after Stewart claimed that his voice in the trailer was supposedly an impersonation. Oh, come on. Come on. That was me. I, I was the impersonator. You did? You did. Let's hear it. I <laughs> nailed it. It's me. Could have been. Hey, it's me, it's Sir me, Pat. It's me, your dad, Sir Pat. <laughs> uh, 
It's good to see you, son. Chilling rumors that Professor had to make an appearance that appears to have been yet another example of actors lying about their roles in movies, which leads me to think that also Ryan Reynolds is lying <sighs> and Deadpool is in the Everyone's fucking copying Andrew Garfield now. They did it first. Superman did it first. Just know that. Superman? Superman. <laughs> Spider-Man. Spider. But Superman did it first by lying and saying, hey... Man of Steel is going to be a great Superman movie, and then it. Hey, I'm going to have a great future in live action at fucking WBDC. Psych, psych. I mean, it 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 wasn't really like groundbreaking. We all knew that that was indeed him. So, and if you didn't, you're dumb. You're dumb. You're it's dumb. Like right now, you're dumb. I'm going to go out on a limb and say you're dumb. All right. Well, except you, you're smart. Except you people that rate our podcast. You're smart. Which, if they're watching this, they're on Spotify, right? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Go ahead. And I think. Yeah, I think it only said Spotify. We'll see uh, We'll see if we can actually upload. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on the fucking file size. If it will let us fucking upload. Because our bonus episode was 10 gigabytes. Was it really? Yeah. Damn. How does... No, they have to. Because if fucking Rogan can upload his shit... To Spotify, we got to be able to as well, right? Yeah, Spotify. Don't just give Rogan $100 million in favors. $200 million in favors. And unlimited. And let him say the N-word. Unlimited fucking upload space. All right, next up, Charlie Cox confirms he will return as Daredevil again in the MCU. Did you watch Daredevil? No. You suck. Saying right now, unless you rate my podcast. And subscribe to my secret YouTube channel. <laughs> Jake's Takes. All right. This comes from RadioTimes.com. Speaking to RadioTimes.com to promote his Irish crime drama, Ken, Cox revealed that he is aware of plans for him to appear on screen again as the man without fear. I know something. That's how he talks. <laughs> I know something. Even though he's Irish. <laughs> I'm vengeance. I know something, he hinted. I don't know much. But I know there will be something else. <laughs> He's basically going, I know something you don't know. Well, he said he doesn't know much, so I know a little bit something, something about something know. you don't know. <laughs> uh, and there's this also funny event that happened to him. I got a, oh yeah, spoiler alert for uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. And if you haven't seen it by now, I don't think you care. <laughs> but... Uh, He's quoted as saying, I got a phone call saying, uh, do you want to come back? Do you want to be in Spider-Man? And I was like, obviously, yeah, that yeah. would be amazing. <laughs> I'm thrilled. I'd love to do that. They said, great, we'll be in touch. <laughs> Just hung up. And then never <laughs> never was in touch. <laughs> that was like six months. <laughs> um, He's just waiting by the phone. Like, what they call? He's like, these motherfuckers. <laughs> um. And then, oh, it says right here. And then I didn't hear anything for like two months. I did get to the point where I was like, did I dream this? <laughs> I definitely got to the point where I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. But then I got a follow-up phone call. That said, hey, yeah, you're not in this movie. Uh, here, that's for two seconds. His appearance wasn't revealed in any promotional material prior to the film's release with fans getting to enjoy the surprise together at the cinema. Cox even snuck into one screening to witness the reaction firsthand. Though it wasn't quite what he'd been hoping for. He's like, he's like, I shot three weeks for this. And he goes in. It's two seconds of film. He's like, damn it. No, it, 
It's funny. I got so many text messages and so many calls about that moment in the cinema. My nephew sent me a recording of everyone cheering, so I snuck into a movie theater near where I live and literally stood in the corridor. And sadly, my experience was it was dead fucking quiet. (laughs) He probably went in like after... Like the fans already watched yeah, the movie. Yeah, after the diehards watched yeah. the midnight showing. And so it's just like people are like, ah, I yeah. like Marvel movies. There was probably that one guy that's like a super diehard, but just yeah, he's like busy. looking around. And he was just like, <laughs> um, he left. I was so disappointed. My wife was with me and she was recording me because it'd be fun to have that moment of everyone cheering and then tumbleweed. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's just like, hey guys, it's me. Someone's like, shut up. Throws popcorn at him. <laughs> Doubt it. <laughs> uh, oh, that'd be so demoralizing. Yeah. But also, it was pretty sick. He was uh, Peter's lawyer. Peter's lawyer. For like two seconds. Hell yeah. But he caught a brick that was thrown through a window. Wait, was he blind? Was he the blind lawyer? Yeah. Nice. And he's also Daredevil. <gasps> Charlie Cox is in real life. <gasps> Charlie Cox is a real person? Yeah. He ripped his eyeballs out so he'd be blind. <sighs> so That's meta. I'm excited for him to fucking return. Hopefully. Is it is this going to be a Daredevil for a movie or is it for another show? I don't know. Oh, I didn't know. If it I don't know. Dude. I don't know dude. He says he doesn't know much. Oh, yeah. He knows a little bit of something, though. But not too much. Oh. Just enough. Just enough to know. Just enough to know a little. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, from the person that we've all been waiting to get back into the MCU to someone that we wish would stop making movies, just got a deal with Netflix. Um, let me take a guess. Adam Sandler. Close. Netflix announced on Tuesday that it forged a two-picture deal with one-time teenage drama queen Lindsay Lohan. Oh. You were never guessing that one. No. No. It says, that's right. I don't know why. That's right. That's right. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. You heard that correctly. You heard that correctly. Come on, come on. Come see Lindsay Lohan. Act terribly. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. (laughs) You can pay them for the whole seat, but you're only going to need the edge. Uh, That's right. After years of minor roles, an ill-fated foray into reality TV, and the early aughts icon is finally returning to her film roots. See, this is... This is the, a terrible story. Like, nobody actually cares, but I thought I it was care. entertaining. Do you really care about Lindsay Lohan? Sure. All right. It'd be cool to see a comeback story. All right. Well, who knows? Because Lindsay Lohan is already set to star in, uh, in the Netflix's upcoming rom-com, mm-hmm. Falling for Christmas, later this year. In it, she plays a vapid, newly engaged heiress who is diagnosed with amnesia following a skiing accident over the holidays and is taken in by a lodge owner Played by Cord Overstreet and Ooh. his daughter. No idea. <laughs> Overstreet. And Cord. His first name is Cord. Like a guitar chord. Never heard of him before. And his daughter while she recovers. The new Netflix deal includes two additional Lohan original films and... come uh, A and sequel comes, to Herbie? Yeah. Herbie fully loaded. <laughs> <laughs> Herbie after dark. And comes after she previously worked with the streamer on 2018 dark comedy Sick Note. We're happy to, uh, we're so happy with our collaboration with Lindsay Lohan to date. 
And we're thrilled to continue our partnership with her. Blah 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 blah. That's what it says. Blah blah. Yeah, yeah. It was just it was just a PR person like the rest of the page. It's like this long. No, it was just we look forward to bringing more of her films to our members around the world. But I just thought it was, I Adam Sandler. You kind of understand because he had a history of making good movies. Debatable. Come on, Billy Madison's terrible. All right, but Happy Gilmore, decent. Fifty First Dates, okay. Uh, what else? Fifty First Dates gave us the fucking Three Eleven Love Song cover, so that's true. And it, <laughs> it gave us a uh, Ten Second Tom. Oh uh, yeah, others and Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore, <laughs> and then he did uh, Blended. I think that was also with Drew Barrymore. Oh was, yeah, that was a good movie. Never watched it. It's a good movie, actually. He makes good movies. Just not all his movies are good. Okay. But, oh, uh, oh, uh, what the fuck? Big Daddy. Oh, yeah. Great movie. Probably one of his best. So, and huh. The Longest Yard remake. But now name a good Lindsay Lohan movie. Uh, Herbie Fully Loaded. I said a good Lindsay the Lohan Parent movie. Trap. All right, maybe The Parent <laughs> Trap. Maybe The Parent Trap. Um... <laughs> All right, here's a better thing. Name more than three Lindsay Lohan movies. Herbie Fully Loaded, The Parent Trap. Um, that's all I got. Yep, nailed <laughs> it. So that's why I was like, it's odd that Netflix would want to sign an actual deal with Lindsay Lohan to make three films. Didn't someone else also have a, like a resurgence? Paris Hilton. Ah, uh, fuck. That'll probably come to me after yeah, the fucking podcast. <laughs> you just break onto the mic be like, <laughs> important announcement. Hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I'm definitely yeah, not going to watch I, the fucking rom-com. I'm not going to watch probably any of them unless it's... I guess it doesn't say what the other original films are, but what else are they going to be besides rom-coms? Fuck, I just had another Lindsay Lohan movie. Did you? Mean Girls. Mean Girls. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't say Mean Girls. All right. 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 Twisted Metal TV series starring Anthony Mackie lands at Hulu. Peacock. Damn it. Close. Right, this comes from Variety. Anthony Mackie will star in and executive produce the series, which is based on the video game franchise of the same name. The show was first reported as being in development back in twenty or February 2021. The half-hour action comedy will see Mackie play John Doe, a smart-ass milkman who talks as fast as he drives. With no memory of his past, John gets a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to make his wish of finding, finding community come true but only if he can survive an onslaught of savage vehicular combat. With the help of a trigger-happy car thief, he'll face savage marauders driving vehicles of destruction and other dangers of the open road, including a deranged clown who drives an all-too-familiar ice cream truck. Played by a Skarsgård. Uh, maybe. Or Jack Black? Jack Black would make a great clown for Twisted Metal. Yeah, playing fucking, uh, what the fuck's his name? Sweet Tooth. Yeah. Uh, the show is based I on. I see that. 
The show is based on an original take by Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick. Michael Jonathan Smith will serve as writer, showrunner, and executive producer. Both Reese and Wernick also executive produce. Along with Mackie, Will Arnett, and Mark Foreman will executive produce via Electric Avenue, which secured the rights to the material and helped put the project together. Is Electric Avenue Will Arnett's production company? Must be. I didn't know you had one, but that's kind of cool. I freaking love Will Arnett. You ever watch, have you watched Murderville on Netflix yet? I haven't yet, but I've, <laughs> I've seen the commercials for it and stuff. I want, I want to get funny. on that. Uh, Jason Spire of In- Inspire Entertainment. Peter Principato of Artists First. Asad uh, Kizilbash <laughs> and Carter Swan from PlayStation Productions. Which their fucking first, like, debut production was fucking Uncharted, the movie. Oh, was it? Yeah. It wasn't the Assassin's Creed movie? Uh, I don't think so. Huh. Oh, PlayStation Productions and PlayStation Studios. Oh. I don't know if those were a fucking thing. Apparently they are now. But play, or, uh, PlayStation Productions and PlayStation Studios had Herman Hulst, will also executive produce, Sony Pictures Television, PlayStation Productions, and Universal Television will produce... Uh, we are thrilled that our first series with our with our good friends that I feel like they just became friends yeah. <laughs> at Peacock is with our amazing partners at Electric Avenue, Universal Television, and colleagues at PlayStation Productions, said Jeff Frost and Jason Clodfelter, co-presidents of Sony Pictures Television Studios, Michael Jonas- Jonathan Smith, and Rhett and Paul, have ingeniously brought this high-action comedy to life, and we are so fortunate to have Anthony at the center of the show. We look forward to this incredible team blowing audiences away with this twisted and inventive concept. This is a series, right? Yeah. I wonder how they're going to do that. Like The whole open road with savage marauders and vehicles of destruction sounds like Mad Max. Yeah, it does. It sounds a lot like Mad Max. My thing was... Especially Fury Road. Much like uh, The Witcher, I wonder if it's going to have that same sort of uh, I don't know, cadence to it. So The Witcher, every episode, it's they're great, but you know that at some point that he's going to fight a monster. He's going to witch? Yeah, every, every episode at some point. And I wonder if it's going to be like... Every episode at some point, he's going to have to uh, drive. I don't know how they're going to do it, you know? Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just curious how that's going to play out. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder if it's going to be like that fucking Death Race movie. I don't know if I watched that. The the reboot uh, with Jason Statham? Oh, I did watch that. Yeah. Do you remember The Condemned? I don't know why that just came to my head. Nope. Stone Cold Steve Austin. They had like they were on an island. Oh, they're like prisoners or whatever. I like vaguely recall that they had to like the last one standing won his freedom or some shit like that. Sounds familiar. Yeah, I don't know why that just popped into my head. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm. I am optimistic about this. I'm not gonna like because. It's a yeah. it, it's a right. video game adaptation. Yeah, exactly. Usually they aren't they aren't good. Well, also sometimes they can be good. Like I I haven't watched Uncharted yet, but at least games like that you had a story that you followed the entire time. Which 
Sounds like they didn't really do. Uh, I don't know. I haven't watched it, but I, it has the oppor- it has the potential to be good because it, if it had a the game had a good story, then it could be a good movie. But games like Twisted Metal, where you just kind of got in and started doing stuff. Oh yeah, it didn't really have a story to it. So I'm wondering how they in the uh, I think in the later games it has like ending cutscenes. Does it? Yeah, that shows if you win it shows like what happens oh, to okay. your character i just remember played. like twisted metal the first one for playstation yeah. one so i didn't know i'm like that didn't really have a story to it it was just you kind of got in and started doing stuff yeah so started I, fucking shooting people yeah i was like well, how down. do you introduce a story that's engaging while still having those elements i don't know we'll see i guess mad max when it comes to peacock mad, yeah mad just mad, make remake yeah. mad max mad max a series all right. Uh, next up, is it your surprise news or no? Yeah. The surprise was the Lindsay Lohan one. Oh, pfft. all right. So well, I didn't want to give it away and have you be like, "That sucks." <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> I know. Um. So should we move on to our world famous segment? Yeah. What's it called? Spoiler alert! All right. It's where we potentially spoil some things. So if you don't want to be spoiled, don't care. Skip ahead. Yeah. Uh, you might. <laughs> we're not gonna put time codes. So <laughs> yeah. Figure keep, it out. Just keep skipping ahead until you think we're talking about something else, <laughs> or don't get spoiled. Uh, what have you been reading, watching, and or listening to? Uh, I've been re-listening to uh, Finders Keepers, hmm. and I, I haven't got much farther in it because I haven't really had the opportunity to. Still, kind of nothing of. Uh, any significance has happened for me to really like, this is this is what's happened so far so but he drove his car yeah exactly <laughs> it, it, it i don't know this one's not as engaging as mr mercedes was to me and i don't know why yet i haven't quite figured out what is the disconnect there but i'm still gonna finish it because i want to finish the series yeah uh still got end of watch yeah, to go. <laughs> i know they're fucking thick books um, I've been, uh, listening to 112263. Hell yeah. The narrator? It's not great. a little too old. Yeah, he's not To great. portray a 35-year-old. He yeah, sounds like he he's sounds 70. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> but like, also, you... I guess, like, maybe he's, like, reading back as his older oh, self. Yeah, maybe. But, but when he got back, he wasn't 60. He was only like 40-something. But it might have taken him years to finish that fucking Maybe. manuscript. I That's forgot true. how fucking heartbreaking uh, the janitor's story is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. And it, he tells it, I mean, even though he's like developmentally challenged or whatever because yeah. of the attack, like he tells it in a way that is innocent, and that makes it even more heartbreaking. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Um, have you got... How far into it are you? Well, I already read it, so. Well, I know, but you're um, listening to it. He just arrived in Texas. Okay. And he's like, yo, fuck Texas. or mm-hmm. fu- oh, <laughs> Dallas. Fu- Fuck Dallas. Yeah. Fuck Fort Worth. I'm going to move. To Jol- uh, yeah. Joliet or Jol- Jolene, something like that. Something like that. Something like that. I literally was listening to it like an hour ago. <laughs> I can't remember. Oh. The only thing I, I didn't like about the narrator, the narrator does a fine job. The only thing I don't like is when he does the woman's voice. I haven't. Wait, no. He 
Yeah, there has been. What's her name? Sadie? Sadie. Yeah, Sadie. When he does Sadie's voice, I'm like. Uh, I haven't gotten to Sadie yet. Like, he literally just got to uh, that when you, town. When you get there, you'll be like, nah. Cringe. Because he, he has that, like, he gives her a southern accent, which is fine. But she just sounds like an old lady. Oh. And then you're talk. he's like, talks about whatever her figure and her form and you're like this sounds like you're describing an old lady now <laughs> i don't like it um are you watching anything yeah i we watched the trial of the chicago seven from 2020 i think i've seen that which is, is that about the when they attack well suppo- allegedly attacked a runner in the park or whatever no no uh, it's the story of seven people on trial stemming from various charges surrounding the uprising at the 1968 Democratic National Convention mm. in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, it's written and directed by Aaron Sorkin, who wrote for the West, the, the West Wing and the Social Network. And it stars Eddie Redmayne, Alex Sharp, Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh, really? Uh, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, Mark Rylance. Who? He, oh yeah, yeah, it's fucking amazing. Oh yeah, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt and so many more fucking people. What is this called? The Trial of the Chicago Seven. It's a really engaging and intense movie. Uh, Frank, the the yeah, this is based on a like a true story, mm-hmm. and Frank Langella plays Judge Julius Hoffman, who oversaw the trial. And he is like a super infuriating fucking character slash person. Uh, Sorkin apparently had to downplay the portrayal because he didn't think people would believe how absurd the real life Hoffman actually was. I almost feel like I watched a documentary on this once. Might have. Yeah, there's. I think there's been uh, at least a couple documentaries yeah. about it. And. It intertwines like the events of the protests, mm-hmm. like as the trial happens. Oh, nice! Yeah, so uh, like a it'll flash back to an event, and then it'll jump back to the trial, and it's them talking about oh, yeah. what just happened in the flashback. I like when they do that. As I mean, as one of the main things I liked about Law and Order is like half the the show was like the pursuit of the criminal, and then the other half was. The courtroom was iced tea. Was iced tea. <laughs> yes, the other half was iced tea, and then uh, oh, what's her name? Mar- Marika Hark Hark. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember how to. I I've only watched like a handful uh, of Marishka Hargate. Sure, I think that's her name because the love guru with uh, Mike Myers. Yeah, that was like his his greeting was Marishka Hargate, and Ugh. it was that lady's name. That movie was so bad. Ah, whatever. Jacques Lecoq Grande. And then fucking Adam Sandler had, like, a similar fucking movie. Um, Did he? Yeah. Oh, uh, Don't Mess With the Zohar. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what it was fucking called. Also a bad movie. That I walked out of that movie. I couldn't. I actually paid money to go see that. And then halfway through, I'm like, I paid money for this? And I walked <laughs> out. I think I caught it when I was, like, on... A cable network, and I was like, "This is bad." Yeah, but I kept watching it. Ariska Hargate and Chris Noth, dude. Yeah, and Ice T and Ice T. 
And yeah. Arnold Palmer. <laughs> what? Arnold Palmer was in there. Nice and and Robin Williams bringing it back full circle because he was in an episode. Oh, once. Yeah. Have you been watching, reading, or listening to anything else? I haven't been. Wow. I know, dude. Well, you did watch something. I did watch something. Batman and Robin? Yep. Oh, <laughs> I did not. I watched a trailer on it, and I was like, yeah, this is good enough for me. I haven't watched it since I was a kid, so I was like, oh, I'm going to have to rewatch. I knew it was going to be bad. I'm like, I got to rewatch this fucking movie just so I, it's like in my brain. Well, I got some fucking some sad trivia. Are we, are we moving straight on to them? Yep. All right. So, of course, we didn't have time to watch uh, Brown Stroker's Dracula. Mm-hmm. So Sorry, folks. But uh, definitely next week. Yeah, we'll get to it next week. Definitely next week. We failed you. We'll get to it next week. But or or you failed us or whatever. But we did. Well, I did. <laughs> Watch <laughs> Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin. Nineteen ninety-seven. Nineteen ninety-seven. I for uh, <laughs> directed by Joel Schumacher, who directed Batman Forever, the last one, the Val Kilmer one. Yeah. Uh, yep. The stars. George Clooney, Chris O'Donnell, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Uma Thurman. So, Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. Bad. Like, I knew he did those one-liners, but I didn't realize it was every fucking word he said <laughs> wasn't something related to cold or ice or whatever. Uh, it got so annoying. And that doesn't happen in the comics. He's no. like he's like a serious character in the comics. Also, all right, I got so many thoughts. Let me just organize my brain. A, oh, keep those to yourself. Yeah. A, I feel like George Clooney could have played a good Batman with a better movie. Yeah, I agree. Because like he was probably as far as acting goes, he was actually a good actor, but the movie surrounding him was terrible. Yeah, and I was like. He could have done so much with that role. Yeah. Uh, the, the synopsis is Batman and Robin try to keep their relationship together even as they must stop Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy from freezing Gotham City uh, with 246,000 votes. The movie has a whopping 3.8 out of 10 on IMDb. <laughs> I, yeah, that's totally fair. Yeah, well deserved. <clears throat> so Mr. Freeze's wife has that odd disease that i can't remember yeah what it's called and the whole movie it's like hinting that alfred is sick yeah or dying mm-hmm. and then he just happens to get that same disease that mr freeze's wife has and mr freeze knows how to cure it come on it's the plot baby it's such a fucking rare disease but oh alfred gets it yeah, Shut this the fuck up. movie is so fucking campy. Oh, it's so bad, and, and like, that girl's in it, and she's not good. <laughs> and she uh, is like Alfred's niece instead of Commissioner Gordon's daughter. Yeah, so when she shows up to the mansion, uh, she, she, he like she hugs Alfred, and he's like, "You made it all the way from England." I'm like, she doesn't have a. Slight bit of British accent at all. Probably went over there to a private school or something. Well, she was at Oxford, oh, which is a, a pretty prestigious university, right? So when they 
they like, hey, you can stay here if you want. She's like, I don't know. I'm not really into all this luxury. I'm like, you came from Oxford. What are you talking about? Your uncle's a, a rich butler. And his brother is the butler to King of India or something like that. Says it in the movie. Yeah, none of the none of the locations in this movie feel natural. No. They just feel like fucking set pieces. Yeah. Yeah, nothing really float. Poison Ivy. I used to think she was like the best part of the movie. (laughs) Not anymore. Her look is bad. What? Said her look is bad. Yeah. But like even the way she talks throughout the movie, I'm like, you don't have to you can be a villain and not talk like that. Um yeah, it feels like this movie really wants to be a Power Rangers movie. Yeah. Like, Mr. Freeze's suit looks like it could be yep. a fucking Power Rangers villain. Another thing. Okay, let me ask you this. So, in the comics, what is Mr. Freeze's, like, powers? Uh, Just has a freeze gun, and he's super fucking smart. Okay, so I was wondering about that, because I never read his character in the, the comics. But it, it just seemed like he just relied on his gun heavily. It was, it was always getting kicked out of his head. It's like, get the gun. I was like, is that all you have? It's just your, your freeze gun? But I guess it makes more sense. I watched a clip of of the scene where Batman and Robin are fighting Bane on that like little fucking platform. Yeah. They just kick him. Yep. They just kick him, and the, like they both do the same move. They, they just kick him. The fighting. Bad. In most of these like early movies, bad. Bad. Not good. I'm sure for the time, like the 89 and 92 Batman movies were, yeah, like the, the fight choreography was good. Fine, but. but once you get to 97 and you're still doing that, I will give it to George Clooney. He can kick pretty well. Like, yeah, that, that suit weighed like 100 pounds or some shit. Really? Yeah. He was doing a good job. Like when um, they were had the diamonds and they were like donating it to some society to draw Mr. Freeze out mm. and poison Ivy showed up. Uh, he was fighting goons in the, the crowd and he was doing like spin kicks and shit. And I don't think it was actually George Clooney, but Probably whoever not. was in that suit <laughs> was doing a great damn good job. I think that went through like so many fucking suits. I believe it. Uh, but also, so at the end of Batman Forever, Val Kilmer got a new suit, right? Yeah. And it didn't have nipples. But then you go back to this suit, which is it's supposed nipples. to be a like, complete continuation, nipples. I like how they included the line for uh, Poison Ivy to say, I like a man in an anatomically correct suit. Yeah. Like, that's fucking uh, Joel Schumacher saying, hey, this is why these fucking suits look like this. Also... Uh, at one point, like, you knew that he made these movies just to sell toys. Yeah. Because uh, Poison Ivy was talking about her and Mr. Free, and she's like, uh, whatever, we're not a individual deal. That's why they sell the action figures in a two-set. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my <laughs> God. Like, could you be any more blatant with it? Yeah, and the fucking, like, they get, like, new vehicles. Yeah. There's the fucking uh, Batman and Robin have fucking ice skates in their boots. Yep. For some reason, like they yeah, always have the it. hockey goons. What yeah. the fuck is that even? <laughs> like, when, when, and why did you put these ice skates in your in, in the fucking boots? Well, that's about any of his gadgets. Like, why do you just have that? Yeah, it feels very like 
66 Batman series. Yeah. Which, I guess if you were going for that, you fucking nailed it. But yeah. Also, I didn't really enjoy Bane. Yeah. He, he's just a mindless henchman. Yeah. Where in the comics, he's uh, super smart. Yeah. And like a master tactician. Now, um, that like luchador mask, is that how Bane looks in the comics? Yeah. All right. Because I, I look kind of looked it up, but I'm like, okay, that looks fine. So uh, the Dark Knight rises or whatever that bane is not as correct to the comics yeah. all right i so, mean he in terms of his intelligence yeah yeah but the look, look no yeah but yeah i just hated it where bane would just repeat the last word anything you know said to him he'd be like drive bane we have an appointment he's like appointment and that was his <laughs> only like thing fucking, to say like he's frankenstein yeah it's fucking stupid or solomon and, grundy and this whole time, you like think of Bane as like an unstoppable force, and then he has like Batgirl and Robin up by one hand. They just kick the tubes out from behind him, and that's it. That's the end of Bane. Yeah, the, well, the, that's a way to like depower him. No, I understand that, but it's just it just seems so easy. Like uh, he didn't even make it hard. I like how when uh, Doctor Woodrow mm-hmm. was creating Bane, like. The luchador mask was like an essential part of the transformation yeah. for some reason. Yeah, he needed the <laughs> luchador mask on. But DC did beat uh, Marvel to the live action super soldier serum fucking That's true. Sk- skinny person to a big buff dude transformation. I did like, th- I actually liked that scene. Yeah, the I CGI didn't, li- didn't look too bad. No, I didn't like the doctor. I'm like, wow, could you got any more like cartoon fucking <laughs> Over the top, like, yeah. Jesus. But I liked the scene when they changed him into Bane, like how they had the veins and shit. It was, that yeah. was pretty cool. He, he, uh, the guy that played uh, Dr. Woodrow was like, like the actor is a really good actor. And he also plays Lex Luthor's dad in Smallville. Oh, really? Yeah, he plays oh. Lionel Luthor. That's cool. I didn't know that. But they get like they gave Dick his Nightwing suit. Yeah, with but a he's cape not, for some reason. But he's not Nightwing. Yeah, he's he's, he's still just Robin. Yeah, still? like the studio thought that the audience would be too stupid to so dumb. Like know that he changed his name and why he changed his name to Nightwing, but they just kept it Robin for some fucking reason. <laughs> and they gave him a fucking fucking cape for some reason. Weird. But yeah, I, I loved Frieza's suit when I was a kid, but now it's just yeah, it's just bad. Yeah, I I get it. It's supposed to keep him alive, like by keeping it cold in there. That's fine. It just it just seemed like all he had was the gun, and if yeah. he didn't have the gun, he wasn't a villain anymore. You know, it's like you could do a little bit more with the character. You're already not really going against like canon, like comic book canon. Do whatever the fuck you want. Like make him a little bit better. Yeah. Um. Do you have anything else to talk about before I move on to the amazing trivia? <laughs> uh, go move on to the amazing trivia. Maybe that'll <laughs> actually jog. There is so much about this film I hated. All right. Uh, in later interviews, director Joel Schumacher blamed studio pressure to make the film more "quote unquote" toyetic, i.e., a showcase for marketable toys and games. In a making of documentary on the DVD, he apologized to disappointed fans. Good. <laughs> I wonder if he was, he made it bad because of that. Like, he wanted to make a good Batman film, and then they're like, no, we need to sell toys. Like, make it more. Yeah. And so he's like, all right, 
fuck you. I'll make this bad Batman movie so you can sell your fucking shitty toys. Well, I'll, I'll get back to that. All right. Um, George Clooney called the film a waste of money. In later interviews, he called it the biggest break I ever had since it got him into Hollywood, resulting in more successful roles later on. I got him into Hollywood? I guess. I I know... Uh, I know from Dusk Till Dawn was like a smaller, yeah, smaller movie. Like I said, I mean, if they would have, like, and and, and he was on movie. ER. He, he oh was, yeah, he was like one of the main characters. I remember that now. Uh, honestly, like they could have probably casted him in the Dark Knight series instead of Christian Bale, and it probably would have been just as huge. Because I think, in my opinion, he makes a great Bruce Wayne. Yeah, and if giving given a I don't know, more adult-centric script where he could actually, like, be an actor that has emotions instead of just the kid Batman Yeah, like they have in this one. <laughs> I think he probably would have been a great Batman. Yeah, he got the shit end of, 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 of the stick. For sure. As no one says. I think I mixed up two. Trademark. <laughs> but that's <I'm> sure. <laughs> the shit end of the stick. Um. When the when filming was over, George Clooney quipped, "I think we just killed the series." Yes, you did. Which they did. They definitely until did. 2005 when uh, Batman Begins came yeah, out. Yeah. So what? What is that? Eight years? Uh, for eight years? Yeah. They killed Batman for eight fucking years. <laughs> Mister Freeze says 27 ice puns throughout the movie. <laughs> is only 27? Yeah. Well, ice to it, meet you. Well, it's probably like the same shit regurgitated. Yeah, I'm going to freeze your assets. All right. Uh, Joel Schumacher had several meetings with Warner Brothers trying to convince them to let him make another Batman movie. He wanted to take the film back to its darker roots yes. and make a Batman Year One movie. Oh, that would have been fucking great. Yeah. Did you read? Basically, ba- Batman Begins. But uh, Did you read Batman Year One or Mm-mm. watch the animated movie? No, I didn't even know it existed. Oh, hey. Hey. Hey, what? So, sorry. Uh, Batman and the whatever of Phantasm. Oh, The Mask of the Phantasm? Yeah. is that That's an animated movie? Yep. It was, uh, it's like in continuity with the animated series. Yeah, it was also released theatrically. Yeah, and I heard it was great. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good fucking movie. I never heard about it until actually... Um, the Daily Planet was uh, doing ranking all the Batman movies, and they listed the that. Daily Planet? Yeah. Who the fuck's the Daily Planet? The Daily Planet, right? Is that what their name is? Oh, no. It's, uh... Fuck, no, I can't remember. Weekly? I don't even know. Oh, yeah, the the Weekly Planet. Weekly Planet. Yeah. Why did I say Daily Planet? Superman. Oh, yeah, that's probably <laughs> why. But, uh, yeah, they were ranking all the... Uh, the the Batman movies and they brought up that and I was they were talking about they watched it as kids and it, how great it was I'm like I never even heard of it yeah. and then I was seeing while watching Batman and Robin I was seeing like how much this one like how much Batman and Robin grossed compared to all the other Batman movies it was the least but the animated movie grossed more than this movie did no it it bombed did it yeah. Uh, I think over time, maybe a re-release. Oh or yeah, over time probably, but it cost like six million to make, and it only made five million. <laughs> Oof. But not yeah. I'm, actually, I'm probably gonna go back and watch that at some point because I've never never heard about it. All right. Um, into a couple sad bits of trivia. Uh oh. As of 2021, this is the only appear- appearance. Well, all right. 
after this one. As of 2021, this is the only appearance of Batgirl in a live-action Batman feature film. That makes sense. Um, G- All right, here's... Jeep Swenson was chosen to play Bane after the stuntman on Batman Returns recommended him. Joel Schumacher said, I think he had the biggest biceps on record at the time. He was a sweet guy with a young family. Swenson unexpectedly died of heart failure at the age of 40 soon after the premiere of the movie. Oh, wow. I I didn't realize he died. On the bright side. So closely. On the bright side. On the bright side. He didn't have to fucking... Live with the failure of that movie. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, Joel Schumacher said in an interview about the mo- or about this movie, if there's anyone that, let's say, loved Batman forever and went into Batman and Robin with great anticipation, if I disappointed them in any way, then I really want to apologize because it wasn't my intention. My intention was to just entertain them. Hey, I don't think many people really loved Batman forever. Yeah, no. But but it wasn't as bad as this fucking Yeah, no, movie. this movie sucks, dude. All right, and last bit. Dr. Jason Woodrow is a Swamp Thing villain known as the Floronic Man in the comics. Oh, really? Yep. That's cool. He, he was he, he was in the the Swamp Thing TV series. There the short-lived TV series. Was that Woodrow? Yeah. Oh. He was uh um fuck. I'm trying to think of roles. I, I can't even fucking know his name yeah. or remember his name, but, uh, but yeah. You know what? I never, I guess it's a, it's a big superhero thing, but you know what I never got is like the fact that if they just put a small mask over their eyes, that it just conceals their identity. It's a domino mask. Because Batgirl shows up and which Uh, are fine. I'm just gonna bring up the point that, like, Batgirl in this movie is not very good. Hey, her only qualifications is that she gets into like motorbike races, and then Robin follows her to a motorbike race, and shit goes down. And she's like hanging a thousand stories off a building, and like Robin takes off her, his mask. She's like, oh. Like not even, not even at all scared that she's hanging thousands of stories up, and she has a jaw like a bulldog. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I never seen really too many good Batgirl interpretations, but this wasn't it. This wasn't it, Schumacher. Oh, hey, you're back. I was monologuing. I was doing my villain monologue. No. I was just saying the point that just Batgirl in this movie wasn't good no. at all. Then, yeah, thanks a lot, Alicia Silverstone. Um, But, yeah, anyways, when Batgirl shows up and they're like, and you are? Oh. How the fuck do you? Oh, I don't know. She has the same bat style suit like you and robin have and a girl just happened to show up at your house and is related to alfred you couldn't figure that one out detective <laughs> she just has a small mask over her eyes yeah <laughs> you're like oh fuck never seen this person oh, before no. who is this then then she's like bruce it's me barbara oh, shut the fuck up 
Uh, it, it was this movie was a little ahead of its time when uh, Batman was like, "You are." She's like, "Batgirl," and he was like, "Isn't that a little too PC?" Yeah, that's true. More like, shouldn't it be more like Bat Person? Yeah, and that's when she's like, "It's also, me, Barbara." And also, it's like, it's like Bruce. That's fucking terrible. You're the CEO of a fucking company. You should know more fucking marketable things. Yeah. Bat person's a terrible name. Yeah, come idiot. On. Well, he he doesn't actually do the marketing for his. He he just pays people to do the marketing. So, but he's smart. He should know that bat person's a stupid fucking name. That that he should feel bad. Maybe Val or uh, George Clooney's Batman. Bato Sapien. Yes, it's better. It's better. I like it. Bat, bat, bat gendered. I don't know. Bat fluid gendered. Yep. All right, you got anything else to add to this episode? Yeah, Batman and Robin sucks. Yeah. Don't. Not just the movie. If you liked it as a kid, which I'm sure you did, and you're like, oh, man, I I should go back for old nostalgia. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's long and it's bad. But you know what you should do? Uh, Rate our podcast. Yes. It helps with discoverability. You can do it in app. And if you're watching this, which means you're on Spotify, do it on Spotify. Do it on Spotify. Helps with discoverability, as I just said. <laughs> I'm going to repeat it again. It helps with discoverability. Also, um, subscribe to the Patreon so you can get check out the bonus episodes, and you get this episode one day early or two days early, depending on the on the schedule. Yeah, uh, some most times two days early, but still, still? fucking early, early, fucking early. You can brag to all your friends that you've seen it before anyone else. That's right. This amazing podcast the best one you've ever listened to and if you look here he'll be fucking mad at you if you don't subscribe and if you look here he'll be mad at you too this guy all right and that'll do it for this episode as we famously say goodbye 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 Thanks for listening. Special thanks to our executive producer, Justin. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at Pop Culture Bicycle and on Twitter at Pop Culture Bike. You can follow me on Instagram at Pop Culture Jake and Luke at Luke Keyway underscore DG. That's Keyway spelled K E W A Y. If you have any suggestions for us to read and or watch, email the podcast at popculturebicycle at gmail.com or use hashtag Pop Culture Bicycle on Twitter. You can support the show on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash popculturebicycle. 